0: Welcome to the podcast of The Well in Gadsden, Alabama. We hope you are encouraged by this message and may God bring blessings and favor over your life. Please go to www.TheWellGadsden.com and check out our website for upcoming events, our ministries, service times, and also watch us live. And thanks for listening to The Well Podcast. We pray that you have a great day. God bless. represented. Lord God, I have no confidence in myself alone today, Father. But Holy Spirit, I know that you, there are people that have come, Lord God, to hear a corporate word that the unity of this house might be encouraged. Lord God, it is a corporate word that would answer a specific need for the hearts that have come, God. They've cried out to you through the week. They've begged of you, God, that you would answer something for them today. Father, my confidence is in the Holy Spirit that he will take this word and that will answer the thing in the earth that it came to do. Lord God, that it would come and it would prick hearts of people that don't know you. It would pierce the hearts of the sons and daughters that are in your kingdom. Lord God, and that it would be an arrow and it would annihilate the enemy right now in Jesus' name. Lord God, your word is a two red sword God it cuts going in and it heals coming out Father God Lord this word today Father is going to accomplish the thing that you said it would God and I have confidence fully in you and I love you and I adore you and I honor you in this house today Father God in Jesus mighty name Put your hands this way, people. Oh, God, that the spirit of intercession that would rest for the pastor of this house. Oh, that the sheep would cry out. Lord God, that they would intercede. Lord, that the tears of the shepherd would be counted one by one, that not one of them would be wasted. Lord God, that the love and the compassion and the burden that you put upon his heart, God, for these people. Lord God, that he be broken that they might be broken, God. Lord, that he be blessed that they might be blessed, Father. Only you would know his heart piece by piece, chamber by chamber. Oh, what you've laid upon him, Father God. What you've laid upon his wife. Oh, this is what you've laid upon his family. Far tota so Father's heart Lord, you're here you're here you're with us nothing's better than access Lord that's why you came that's why you died it wasn't to keep us out of hell it was to bring us back to the Father it was to give us access we were sons and daughters and we were, we were afar, we were gone if we were just people you would have just annihilated us and started over you would have just remade something else but we weren't we were sons and daughters and we were cut off from the family you made the cross that it would be the access that would bring us back we are forever grateful thank you Jesus can you say amen people amen it's funny I saw um yeah I can't hold my liquor. whatever <laughs> says the man on the floor You're going to smack talking Jesus. I need it to be better than that. (laughs) (laughs) Praise God. I I saw, it's funny, as we were transitioning, I saw Pastor just sitting in his seat just weeping. In my spirit, I saw that. He was just weeping. And I was just, oh, God does that when I'm here. I don't know what that's about. Like, like God speaks to me about you guys. And that doesn't happen everywhere I go. It happens very people few places where I'm at, and, uh, and I think it's because we know each other by the Spirit, and uh, not, not by a calendar date, not by a guest arrangement, not, but by the Spirit, and so when you know someone by the Spirit, and you have, God has knit your hearts together in a way that can't be done any other way, uh, there's no explanation for the relationship that I have with these people, uh, except for it's covenant. Nobody said that. Nobody said, hey, we're, you know, like in third grade, you prick your hand and you spit on it. and You, <laughs> you know, we're like, we're blood brothers. Uh, but we're covenant. And the Holy Spirit has done that. And so, it's, so when I'm here, I feel like family. Um, I didn't even wear Spanx today. Um, that too holy for some of y'all? <laughs> okay, we can talk about liquor. We can't talk about underwear. All right. Um, (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Listen, I I do have, I'm on assignment today. Yesterday we had a really good time with some leaders here. Um, If you were here yesterday, that good time might be relevant (laughs) to to what you process. Uh, But yesterday my assignment was very different. Yesterday I came to teach and uh, and, and to address uh, some different things. We opened up with a little bit of fun and the Holy Spirit opened up something else. And so uh, we got to do that, and that was super cool. Today my assignment is different. Last year when I came to be with you guys, it was super fun. I came with a dear, dear friend of mine, Carrie Pomeroli, which you guys know. And uh, my assignment was about joy, and my assignment was laughter, and uh, and my assignment was connection. And so a lot of y'all probably didn't even get to see a lot of that, but that's what the spirit was doing. My assignment today is I, I come as a big sister. I'm not a preacher. I'm not a teacher. And today I'm not a comedian. Um, I have a big. Si- how many have a big sister? And I don't mean big like she shops in the plus size. Like, <laughs> like she older than you is what I'm trying to say. She'd be like, "Oh, my sister, big girl. <laughs> she's three years younger than me, but she's still big." <laughs> No, I mean that you have an older one. I have an older one. And my older sister, uh, I used to get so mad at her because she was so smart and she knew everything, you know what I mean? And I couldn't stand that. But she was always right. She was always right. You know why? Because she was always looking out for me. You know what I mean? She was always looking out for me. And so she would share things with me just because she loved me and she wanted me to share in it. And then sometimes she would have to address some things in me because she cared about me. You know what I mean? So yesterday, I had a, a a big sister job, and today now I have a big sister job. So I'm gonna share. I believe God's given me something. So if you don't get anything out of today, that ain't my fault. <laughs> it ain't cause I ain't a good preacher, cause I done told you I'm not. Like I told him yesterday, I am a stalker talker. I chase Jesus and I tell people about Him. Okay, so uh, that's where we're gonna go with that. I'm I'm gonna start with a scripture, and uh, we're just gonna see how far the Holy Spirit lets us go, and um. Man, I'm so good with that. You know what I mean? And I love being here where where the presence of the Lord is, there is freedom and there's liberty. And so there's other places that I go to where maybe you don't have that and it's much more formal, but just like whatever. If we lay on this carpet right now and let dude love sing again, I'm I'm good with that. <laughs> but anyway, I do have an assignment. We are going to get to this word. I want you to go to Zip It. You had your time. It's over. Uh, Jeremiah 18. Y'all turn to Jeremiah 18 for me. If you brought your Bible, if you didn't, you must have just, like, walked in off the street. You didn't know where you are going. Nobody goes to Walmart without a checkbook. <laughs> you shouldn't be coming to church without your checkbook. <laughs> the gospel's easy, but it ain't free. I don't know what you heard. <laughs> these lights cost okay I'm sorry that was free pastor I don't even charge for that one <laughs> Jeremiah 1, uh, 18, 1 and 4 let's read together I'm reading from King James Version the word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying arise and go down to the potter's house and there I will cause thee to hear my words then I went down to the potter's house and behold he wrought a work on the wheels verse 4 And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again another vessel as seemed good to the potter to make. The New Living Translation for verse 4 says, But the jar he was making did not turn out as he hoped. So he crushed it into a lump of clay again and started over. The NIV version says, but the pot he was shaping from clay was marred in his hand, so the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as seemed best to him. I was studying this word, and, uh, you know, God God was walking me through it. You ever just had that, like you some scripture? You're like, Lord, I don't, come on now, this is a Bible. This is a flannel board word. <laughs> this is a Bible story. Y'all, I'm old, flannel board. We used to have flannel board in, the, in Vacation Bible School. Do y'all know what flannel board is? You stick the little Daniel in the lines, then little flannel people, and they would stick up there. So I was like, Lord, can you give me, like, something really super cool to share? <laughs> God was like, hush. <laughs> share what I tell you to share. So anyway, he was walking me through this, and I was like, I already know this. I already know this. And he said, well, listen to me. I want you to walk through it again. In this, in this passage right here, he's taking Jeremiah, Okay, if you know anything about English, this is an object lesson, and so he's taking Jeremiah and he's he's showing him. He's he's taking Jeremiah and showing him. You get that? He's showing him something. Okay, so we're we're on, and uh, he he's showing. There's a it's a rot. Do y'all know what rot means? It just means work. You're working. He wrought a work on the wheel. So I I looked at this verse, verse four, just kept standing out to me, and I was like, so he made it again. That pronoun is super cool right there, y'all. He doesn't say he made another one. He grabbed some more clay. No, he made it. The one that was marred, the one that was broken, the one that was chipped. He used the same clay. He didn't grab another piece. He just kept he just kept going till he got it right. <laughs> until it seemed best to him. Now, I was saying, Lord, I I really want to know. I took a little pottery class in college um, for some credit. Uh, What that had to do with early childhood education or psychology, I don't have any idea. Uh, But you could get credit for taking pottery. So I took this little pottery class. And uh, I learned a lot about pottery. I learned that uh, a potter, which helped me with this a lot, Pastor, it helped me understand this. Because, you know, the word is context. You know what I mean? Like you need to, you can't just read the word. Well, maybe some of y'all are Jesus' second cousin. Maybe y'all just read the word and be like, oh, I know exactly what that was back in that day. You know, and I know exactly what he meant. I don't, so I had to study a little bit. So (laughs) um, a potter, what a potter does first is he chooses a suitable piece of clay. Suitable does not mean perfect. Suitable don't even mean beautiful. Suitable just means willing and yielded. So when we choose him, and we, we, we bend, then that's, that becomes the piece of clay that he begins on the wheel. The next thing he does is he puts a little bit of water on it, Pastor. Not a lot to make it, you know, weak and fall apart, but just enough to make it pliable so it'll bend, but it won't break. See, the potter is so ingenious. He's such a master craftsman that, that he's got all this in mind. Now, you have to think about this in the context of Christ, in the context of your life, and for you being on the wheel, okay? Thank God. The moments we just had a minute ago, that's water. (laughs) That's water sprinkling. You can be going through all hell. Your life can be falling apart around you. And you get along with Jesus, and you have some moments where he just sends the water, sends the rain, sends the refreshing, and you're like, I can go around one more time. (laughs) I can do it. I can make it. I can take another turn on the wheel. I thank God for that, man. I don't know if that's just me, but uh, I love in Ezekiel 36, 26, he says, I will sprinkle clean water on you, and I will remove the heart of stone, and I will give you a heart of flesh. That's what the potter's doing. When he takes that piece of clay and he's preparing it, he's taking out all the grit and all the pebbles. That's the initial. That's the initial. He's taking out all the unforgiveness, all the bitterness. <laughs> I know there are people who say, there's there a good thing in everybody. There's a good thing. You know, there's some good in everybody. Ain't. Eh? No, there ain't. That ain't what the word says. The word emphatically, <laughs> I mean, Paul was like, look here. <laughs> this is the word of the Lord. I know that in me, that is in the flesh, dwelleth no good thing. Jeremiah, man is with a heart that is deceitful above all things. There's a lot of pebble picking going on when we come to Jesus. I don't care how moral you think you are, how good you think you got it going on. You have to be picked clean. Uh, this reminds me of a story. This uh, this guy, he was uh, going to work at this corporation. He was so excited to be there. And uh, he asked the old timer. He picked out the old timer and said, hey, I want to be successful here. I'm privileged to be here. Uh, you got any advice for me? He said, right decisions. The guy was like, you kidding me, two words? <laughs> Uh, well, that's the problem. You know, I, I, don't, I don't know how to make uh, right decisions. And the old timer said, experience. <laughs> the guy said, well, that's the problem. I'm here, and I'm trying to get experience to make right decisions. How do I get the experience? He said, wrong decisions. <laughs> that's exactly where we're going with this. I, um, I want you to see in Scripture when that scrip- when that verse says, you can be marred in the hand of the potter. Listen, it don't matter how long you've been walking with God. It can happen to you. You you, Isn't that how it works, Pastor? We're just growing in the grace of God. (laughs) We are rocking along. Things are going awesome. And then something happens. And something gets our life out of balance real quick. And uh, it swings away to another episode. (laughs) We're like, how did I get here? I I, I literally don't even know how I got right here. So I caution you not to think that that can't happen to you. I promise you, you'll be in a lesson of self-righteousness and pride in a minute. If you think, you look around the kingdom right now, there there are generals and soldiers in the kingdom that live public lives and are going through things, and you're like, man, I just can't even believe that. Whoa. I wouldn't dare put my mouth there. It can happen to anyone. It can happen to anyone. Um, I was in college when my marring happened. Uh, I was in college at a private Christian Baptist college on a full ride Rehoboth scholarship. I went to youth group a lot. <laughs> um so I was there and uh things were going great and uh I had I knew the Lord as a little girl, you know. Um but but I wasn't following the Lord. Do you know what I'm saying? Some is if do I have any youth in here that know what I'm talking about? Like you went through just say no and um courtship versus dating <laughs> at your youth pastor's house. and <laughs> You learned all that stuff, how to wait, it's best to wait, all that stuff. I'd been through all those programs. I'd done all that, and I believed all of it. But in college, something happened, and I made a decision that got me way off course. I ended up coming home about four weeks pregnant, not from graduation. <laughs> Everybody else is getting a PhD. I got an EPT. <laughs> <laughs> they do not let you keep your scholarship. <laughs> Rehoboth's like, <"N-n-n." laughs> no, we taking the money. Um, so I ended up getting pregnant, and um, Richie and I were seeing each other at the time, and just kind of on one of those. Uh, is this too much for y'all? Y'all good? Um. So, Richie and I were in this relationship where we, we partied a lot together. And uh, we would have company together um, on the weekends. And so, uh, we weren't really committed to each other and that kind of thing. We were just having a good time. And uh, I thought, well, this is, this is fun. This is, my, this is what college is about, you know. I can always serve the Lord later. You know what I mean? Like, I got plenty of time. Um, so, anyway, I start, you know, going down this path with Richie. So I ended up pregnant. I remember the day that I actually, the first week, Pastor Craig, my son was uh, seven days old, exactly. And it was the first time that year it had snowed in one of Robins. It was in December. and um, Or it was in January. I had him December 30th. And I remember taking him to church. Now, all the old folks in here be like, what? You got him in the snow. He was seven days old. I didn't care. You hear what I'm saying to you? I bundled him up in the little best little secondhand outfit somebody had given me. Somebody had given me a little hand me down car seat. I didn't have nothing, you know. Because when that happens to you, things leave your life. <laughs> but that's okay. I live without lights and heat till about four weeks before I was born. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but all I knew is if I could get that baby to Jesus, all I knew is that God was never going to use me for nothing ever again. But I was so marred, and, man, I had had good teaching. I'd had good preaching. I'd messed it all up. And I remember sitting on that back pew in that Baptist church where I'd spent my youth group, and I remember praying to God. I just slipped in when nobody was looking and sat on the back seat. And I just put my hand on his chest, Pastor. And I remember saying, I know you'll never use me for anything. I'm not even sure (laughs) that I could even ask for that, and I'm okay with that. But I love this baby, and I know you love him. And even if it's wrong that I love him, and I'm proud of him because it was in such a bad situation, I just want to give him to you. I just want to, it's all I got. I, ain't got I, I don't even know if my heart's clean enough for you to take, but I got a baby that's fresh and clean. That's where my mind was. I got a baby that's fresh and clean, and you can have him. He's all I got I love in the world, and he's yours. I remember saying that knowing that I was marred, was over, and I was even fine with that. <laughs> so rock on a little bit longer. I start uh, in this uh, lesson right here. Let's fast forward a lot of years later. I'm, I'm reading this lesson here, and I'm thinking back to that pottery class that I took in college. That's when I got pregnant. I didn't even know <laughs> I'm pregnant taking this pottery class, and I'm learning all about this pottery and then the Lord, years later, has given me this word uh, about how it's done. Praise the Lord he doesn't discard us. Amen. Man, he, he's like, you know what? I got you, girl. I got you. You cannot mess up so far that I can't reach you. You can't get, you can't, you just can't. You can't be so marred that God can't get to you. Listen, it's not you who shapes God. It is God who shapes you. There are a few techniques when uh, a potter is, is, doing pottery because sometimes things just need to be redone sometimes things we need to do over and god knew lisa was going to do over this is what happens when a potter is throwing pottery that's what it's called <laughs> how ironic <laughs> it's called throwing it and so a potter takes some clay pastor and he throws it literally down on the wheel it has to, he has to throw it hard enough so it'll stick so it'll take i need you to apply every bit of this stuff. I'm fixing and tell you spiritually A round, moist lump of clay is thrown down onto the wheel head. The lump is made even and forced to the center of the wheel by applying pressure with the hands. The thrower, the potter, finds the center, the heart, of the clay by moving a thumb across the lump until no more friction is felt, until you're not kicking and screaming, (laughs) until you've surrendered. that's, That's what that irritation is in your life. The thumb is pressed into the center of the lump, stopping about five millimeters from the wheel head. Such precision that he knows just how much we can take, Pastor. Such precision. The hole is then widened, then the sides are defined and pulled up and made thinner by pressure between two hands. You ever seen a potter? I know women, we've all watched (laughs) ghosts. Don't act like you ain't. But so... So the potter, you you have that picture in your mind, right, where he's bringing up the walls with one hand on the inside and one hand on the outside, right? Can I just tell you the inside hand is the hand of God in your life? You know what the outside hand is? That's your pastor. That's your leaders. That's people that you're submitted to that are bringing your walls up, that are bringing your life along. Both hands apply pressure and bring you up. Does that make sense? The vessel is shaped and the mouth is smooth. I said, Lord, why is, why'd you wait that long to get down to the mouth? <laughs> I would think, I mean, I know mine. I would think that would be like one of the first <laughs> things <laughs> that you probably needed to start with. And God said, well, if I do the heart by default, the mouth is good. All I have to do is when it spins, take my finger and let it go around and it becomes smooth. Because I've taken the heart, remember, back up a few steps earlier, and I've worked on it. Because the word tells us what? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. I know, I just love God, that he would align himself as a potter. It was so cool. The vessel, (laughs) I love this part. The vessel, if you were in yesterday with me, then you get this. The vessel is cut from the wheel head with a cheese wire (laughs) and left to stiffen. (laughs) Not to become hard and bitter, but to become strong. I love that about God. The last step. Sometimes the stiffened vessel is inverted, (laughs) turned upside down on the wheel and trimmed with a sharp tool. (laughs) You ever been trimmed with a sharp tool right at the foundation of everything you thought you knew in the Lord? Yes. Every leader said amen. I love it. I love it. Um, The very last part of this process is a firing. We all know what a kiln is, okay? Okay. So the last part of this is he takes the clay and he puts it in a kiln. And you have to fire it so hard and so uh, at such a temperature. The whole reason for the fire, do you know why we have to go through the fire? The whole reason is so that the vessel will hold water. You know anybody who can't hold any water? Yeah, God does too, me and you. (laughs) That's why we go through the fire. Because the only test that will prove that it's finished is if it holds water. That will hold the wine. (laughs) I love that God tests us that way. You know, the reason that I have that testimony from college, I'll share this with you, my dad. um, I didn't didn't have a great dad. Uh, My dad, when I went to college, I was looking for a lot of things. I was looking for a lot of things. I didn't have a dad that loved on me. I didn't have a dad that took care of me. I had a dad that would take my mom and us and uh, not let us have a car or a phone, let her have a job, take us back to the woods, leave us in a shack for a couple of weeks, and she would finally, after a couple of days, put us in a wagon while she's pregnant and pull us to some corner store and beg for some food. I don't say that for any pity. I'm so on the other side of heel to that that I can't even stand it. (laughs) But I'm just letting you know, when I went to college, I made decisions out of that brokenness. I looked for things in Richie to heal me that only God could heal. So uh, my dad, years later, I was working in ministry. Some of y'all, I, I shared some of that ministry yesterday. I was working in ministry. Years later, Pastor, man, you think you're through stuff. And God's like, hey, I got your number. We're fixing a deal with this. And, uh, and so God said, hey, listen, um, we're fixing a deal with your dad. I was like, I'm in full-time ministry. I I nailed that to the cross. I'm so delivered over that. I don't I'm good, you know? And God said, No, we're we're we fixing a really deal with it. So I went to uh the altar. It was on a Thursday night, nobody was here. Uh and, and so I went to the altar and I kinda did some kicking and screaming. I ain't even gonna lie, I laid on the ground, I cried, I was like, Lord, I've been through all the Bible studies and Beth Moore says that <laughs> that I do not have to go meet him (laughs) and see him again, that forgiveness doesn't equal trust. I've taught that to women everywhere, you know. And God said, right, but for you, this is about obedience. Your healing doesn't lie in a principle. Your healing doesn't lie in a good Bible study. Your healing lies in you doing what I'm telling you to do right now, little girl. So it was Father's Day, and I had to, um, several years ago, and I had to, I don't know, that was probably about three, I guess. But I went, I know, who's younger than that? It doesn't matter. Um, I'm a woman. We get off track. Uh, So we went down. I saw my dad for the first time since fifth grade. Now, we sat at a table, Pastor. See, my dad ate before we ate. My dad sat down and ate at the table before we ate when we were little. And then when when it was left, what was left, we got to eat. So when I went down to see my dad, I had no idea he was dying and in hospice care. God knew that. I had no idea. I'm a grown one with two kids. I'm married. I ain't seen him since fifth grade. <laughs> so I get down there, and the first thing he does is he asks me to take a little drive. He had a little farm. He's in a golf cart. He asks me to take a little drive with him. And I remember as a grown woman, Pastor Stacey, taking my shoes off in case I needed to run. It's amazing what will take you right back. It's amazing what fear, like that's how I knew something still needed to be healed. If there's fear, it ain't all the way. So I get in the golf cart, we go down there. I ain't seen him since fifth grade, mind you. I'm just rambling. I know y'all find that hard to believe. But I'm just rambling, talking. I'm nervous. Can you imagine? I'm just, I don't even know what to say to him. And I remember him stopping that golf cart and him saying to me, Lisa, stop talking. And I knew what he was fixing to do. (laughs) And I just said, we don't have to do this. I'm good. You don't have to say anything. He said, no, it's important to me. A man who's dying and knows he's dying does very different things than a man who thinks he has forever to get it right. And he said to me, he said, Lisa, I'm sorry. I've thought about you every day since. And if I could do it different, I would. And I am proud of the woman that you turn out to be. It didn't matter the things that I wouldn't even dare share in the sanctuary that happened in our lives. But when God says that he will repair all that the locust has eaten in your life, he can do it with one word. He can do it with one word, man. It healed everything inside me. I'm, I'm telling you, Pastor, the Holy Spirit was in that golf cart with us, and in that moment, it healed the inside of me like nothing else could. So much that I looked at my father and I said, I'm sorry. Forgive me. And he said, for what? I said, I hated you. I was angry. It ate me alive for many years when I thought it was gone. I had no right to hate you. So a couple of months later, this was on Father's Day, by the way. God is so—he's <laughs> so funny sometimes. <laughs> um, so a couple of months later, we down on Thanksgiving, we actually was at Clint Brown's. I was at a—I a, went down to a Clint Brown conference. My pastor and I—I uh, was serving on there, and I remember being down there uh, with Pastor Brown, and I get a call that said, uh, your father's not going to make it. He's dying. And so I got the message. I get back to my hotel room, and it's a series of my big sister leaving this message, a series of he's breathing more shallow. He's not going to make it. You know, the next one be like he's fading even further. See, what had happened was he had, went, he had gone downhill and went into hospice to a, a, a center, and I had uh, gone to see him before I went on my trip. And Pastor Stacy, I would hold his hand. I would hold his hand. And if you have ever been anybody that's in the end of life, they take a breath and they don't breathe for a long time, and it's kind of scary. So anyway, I would squeeze his hand, Pastor, and he would take another breath. And all his children were around his bed, and every time he didn't breathe for a long time, I would do that. And I remember doing that, and in my mind, I was saying, "Lord." You are so good to me. That you would repair all this in my life. That you would give me this peace that I could live with. That you would do all this healing for me. You know he said? Lisa, I love him like I love you. I'm giving him peace that he can die with. This ain't just for you. I didn't do this just for you. I love him like I love you. He's not on staff at a church. He don't spend his time in the floor worshiping me face down. And I love him like I love you. It rocked my world. See, I didn't understand unconditional love. I'd taught about it, talked about it. We, we, had, we had done a lot of things about it. I say it. It's a bumper sticker term at this point. But that day, I understood that a man that could do every bit of that, that he would love him like a daughter who adores him. So I shared those two things with you to let you know. As I, as I kept studying this, I just kept going on about this pottery, and uh, I found out that if you're on the wheel, Richie, as long as you're on the wheel, it doesn't matter what happens. You can always be fixed. All you have to do... It's put some water on it and crush it and start right over as long as you're on the wheel. Because every marring, every detection, the potter's hand never leaves the clay. It'll fly off if, if you do. So the potter has to have his hand on the wheel for guidance and then his hand on the clay. So immediately he knows when something's come up. Okay, so as long as you're on the wheel and he feels that marring, that pebble, something a crack or something, he just wets it back down crushes it and starts over. But I said, Lord, <laughs> what happens when you come out of the fire and you get dropped? God was like, There's you can't do anything with that. I'm like, What well, that don't even sound like you. You're supposed to be the potter. <laughs> Why would you give? Why would, and at this point I'm realizing now I'm Jeremiah, okay? <laughs> God's teaching me something about this. I'm like, why would this, this, I don't even like this. This is a mess. That's not who you are. We're supposed to never be so far that we could be dropped and broken and you couldn't get to us. That don't make any sense to me. And God said, Lisa, go to Zechariah. I'm not going to read all this to you. I'm not going to teach it. you got some very amazing pastors here that can break all this down because there's a bunch of Old Testament uh, stuff that <laughs> I wouldn't dare attempt. There's a breaking of a treaty in this and all kind of things, but I'm going to read this one scripture to you. I never even knew it was in here. This is a, a picture God's showing these uh, shepherds and these sheep, and he's showing them, uh, look, I've loved you, and you ain't love me. <laughs> I, so, so if you ain't going to love me, that's fine I'm out let the sheep do whatever they want to do and you pay me whatever you think you owe me and it says and the Lord said to me uh, I told them if you think it best give me a pay but if not keep it so they paid me 30 pieces of silver this is what the sheep said Jesus was worth and the Lord said to me throw it to the potter at this point God is offended 30 pieces of silver was the cost of a wounded slave. That's how if you had somebody's slave in your possession and they got gored by an animal, you had to pay just 30 pieces of silver for them. And so God's saying, so that's all Jesus, the shepherd, I sent you. That's all he's worth to you? Fine. He said, so the Lord said to me, throw it to the potter, the handsome price at which they valued you. So I took 30 pieces of silver and I threw it to the potter at the house of the Lord. I was like, Lord, I don't even know what that means. Why is that one verse about the potter in there? It was prophecy being fulfilled. Now I want to turn your attention and we're going to wrap this, wrap this down. Matthew 27, 3. When Judas, who had betrayed him, saw that Jesus was condemned, he was seized with remorse and returned the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders. I have sinned, he said, for I have betrayed innocent blood. What's that to us, they replied. That's your responsibility. So Judas threw the money into the temple and left. Then he went away and hanged himself. The chief priest picked up the coins and said, Can't you just see them? Just pick, they're, they're just so glad to have it back. Like now they didn't really even have to pay anything for Jesus. They don't, they don't give nothing about Judas, whatever, man. They're like, that's what they told him. They're like, Dude, that's on you. You shouldn't have done it. Too bad. We got our money back. The chief priest picked up the coins and said, it is against the law to put this into the treasury since it's blood money. So they, they were, they were <laughs> religious. They don't mind killing somebody. Yeah, but we, we, can't, we can't put this tainted money back into the treasury. It's blood money. So they decided to use the money. Stop right there. When I said, God, this doesn't make sense to me, about if you drop something, a piece of pottery, and it breaks, I didn't tell you, there is a place at a potter's house for those very pieces. Every potter outside his door, there was a field. And everything that broke after it had been fired and could never be repaired, he pitched it right out there, Pastor. It's called the potter's field. He'd just pitch it. I can't water it. I can't fix it. I can't put it back on the wheel. Nobody wants it. Pieces that nobody come to buy that were rejected. He just pitched them. So it was a whole field of nothing but broken pottery, rejected pottery. That's what happened. So they decided to use the money to buy the potter's field as a burial place for their foreigners. The 30 pieces of silver, the prophecy that is being fulfilled here, the 30 pieces of silver was used, that ransom money, to not only buy you and me, to not only give us an opportunity to be on the wheel and to go around again and again but it was ransom to buy a potter's field where nothing but garbage and pitched pottery lay that's exactly what Judas' money went to it's a famous field like, like the 30 pieces of silver the ransom was for everybody there was not a place that you could get to God said Lisa you can't get too far I don't care if you've been dropped and broken after the fire You've rejected me. There's not, I, it didn't bleed a little bit of blood for you and a lot of blood for somebody else. The same 30 pieces of silver. That ransom was for everybody. And they said, we can't put this back in there, so we're going to buy the potter's field. And in their mind, pastor, they're thinking, oh, what, what would we, man, what would we do with this potter's field? We don't even know. It's garbage. They took the 30 pieces of silver, the ransom of Christ, and thought they were buying garbage. And what they were doing was fulfilling prophecy that they would buy and create access and ransom every one of those that were lost. It literally says this is what they think they're doing with that field. We will bury our strangers there, which translates to foreigners. You and I were foreigners. We were grafted in. It came that none of us would be dropped and broken. And if we ever did, we could still get back. I don't know what you're breaking. I don't know what's been the fire you've been through. I don't know how dizzy you are from going around time and time again on the wheel. I don't know what's broken your life and chipped and paint's falling off. I just know that the potter and 30 pieces of silver made it possible for you to go around again to get back up there. It's a miracle. It's a miracle that you can come out of the fire and be dropped and be useless. Not whole water, not whole nothing. And yet God still wanted us. It's His business to think, take things that are insignificant and broken and make beautiful things out of dust, out of us. That's His business. And today, like I said, I don't, I don't know what your breaking is. I don't know what you've been going through. I don't have any idea. You heard a little bit of my story today. Um, All I know is that there's a potter that loves you. He adores you. He created you. He knows you. Every single turn you have on the wheel, you're going, why have I got to do this again? Why have I got to do this again? Listen, man, until you get your mind right and understand that's grace. Do you understand that? The grace of the wheel It's not time out. We look at it like it's time out, like I'm in trouble. It's grace, man. Every turn, every turn, he knows everything that's going on in your life and can instantly detect it and correct it. I love that about him. I love that about him. So today, I don't know uh, what you're going through, but I do know that we uh, we know a potter. There's many of us in here that do know a potter. And I know that God wants to do something in this room. I'm done. I'm done sharing. I you know, as a quick word. <laughs> and uh, I feel like I feel like the potter wants to have some people really really know his hand. I feel like the potter wants people to know today like a manifested way. Not just in your heart, not just in your mind, but I feel like God wants to put his hand on some pottery today. So we're going to open up these altars for prayer. If you say, Lisa, I, you know what? <laughs> I don't even know. I, I don't understand. I don't even know this pot or I don't know this Jesus you're talking about. Well, we can introduce you to. If you say, Lisa, this, this marring, I, you have no idea what I've been through. I've been marred too deep. I, honey, you can come take this. I've been marred too deep. You have no idea what I've done in my life. Let me tell you something. There's another place in the Bible, Pastor, that that word marring occurs. That it means the same thing. It's in Isaiah, and it says the face of Jesus, the visage, the countenance, was spoiled, marred. That's what what marred means, spoiled, beyond recognition. Do you realize that no human being ever in the history before him or, or anything that's after him will ever be marred as much as the face of Jesus? Do you know that? That is history. That is the word. He was unrecognizable. He was spoiled, marred. Don't tell, me you're, you, don't tell me nobody knows how you feel about your marring. He does. He's been marred. So if we could get some music, that would be great. And so I'm just offering you this. Some pastors, a big sister. You need to meet Jesus. You need somebody to pray with you. You need to feel the hand of a potter. He's here today. And he wants so desperately, so desperately to have you yielded to him. Amen. We hope you are encouraged by this message and may God bring blessings and favor over your life. Please go to www.TheWellGadsden.com and check out our website for upcoming events, our ministries, service times, and also watch us live. And thanks for listening to The Well Podcast. We pray that you have a great day. God bless.